Iowa everywhere. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome to Firmly Entrenched. I'm Jake Brend with Local 5 Sports covering all things Iowa. Joined by Nick Oson of 24-7 Sports. Got a little zoom in. Good to see Nick up and close. Nick, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, my friend. You know, really good. Uh, kind of continuing the transition. I've been looking forward to doing the show with you. And kind of a lot of exciting uh, news to talk about, really, with Iowa State-related stuff. And kind of throughout the Big 12 Conference in general, as, as things get situated a little bit. Yeah, first and foremost, congrats to your Badgers. Big win at Purdue. That was one of your one of your picks last week, and congrats on that. They're they're shaping up in the Big Ten, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Jake. You know, it was it was a game that I think a lot of people expected uh, Wisconsin to win, but just kind of the flow and uh, really kind of offensive consistency and even dominance at times, uh, really throughout the game, I think were really positive. And I continue to get the feel, as I'm sure uh, many people really do, that follow college football. As this Big Ten West and Big Ten season unfolds, just speaking on the Badgers real quick, I think that's probably going to come down to Wisconsin or the Iowa matchup that's played in Madison here in about three weeks. Yeah, that, that'll be a good one. And as always, we are in the Channel Seed Studios presented by Heartland Flags. And before we get into talking about this last week, how about this NIL deal that that bloomed through together with the Iowa pork producers. Unbelievable. It's so, it was on sports center this morning. It's just blown up and it's a, it's a no brainer, super cool opportunity to purchase more ham and bacon. Cause who doesn't like that? Yeah. You know, I think obviously there was a lot of kind of excitement and potential uh, when that first picture was taken a few weeks back. And I think that, you know, friend of the show, uh, certainly somebody, I consider a friend, Brent Bloom, and you know the team and the players, uh, the Iowa Pork team, I should say, and the players involved and really everybody uh, kind of as a part of this. I'm not sure it could have been done any better. I think that it's really cool, intriguing, funny, and just kind of some of the national attention that it's gotten is, uh, 
is pretty impressive. And it's something that I'm not sure I'm surprised by, but I'm also not sure that I expected it when we kind of heard and, and saw some of this bubbling the last couple of weeks. And our, our friend, produce, not, not producer of our show, but producer at Iowa Everywhere, Matty Van Wink, he took the photo. So it's Iowa Everywhere all around. <laughs> but uh, well, let's get into an Oklahoma State recap. First, let's thank our presenting sponsor, Heartland Flags. Free shipping anywhere in the United States. You can go all over the Big Ten from East Rutherford, or no, Piscataway is where Rutgers is, all the way up to Spokane um, for <laughs> stupid conference realignment. Anyways, new products constantly <laughs> for every flag, for every team across the country, every sport. And it's obviously the time of year. You're tailgating. You want to fly those flags proudly. And Iowa State fans, I hear, I wasn't at the game, and I wasn't tailgating either, but I hear that there was a different just sense of excitement around the team after that game. Not because they beat this world-beating team, but it's because they adapted and made a change. 34-27, they threw the ball a lot. Rocco Becht won Big 12, or not Big 12, national freshman of the year for his performance. Nick, from afar, I know the Badgers played Friday night, so you got to watch this thing in full on Saturday. What did you see out of the Cyclones? Yeah, Jake, you know, I think if people really listened to this show uh, last week, you know, even though you mentioned you weren't at the game and I'm no longer covering that team, I, I don't think it came as a major surprise, quite honestly, that, you know, things were opened up. I, I've said it countless times and I'll continue to. You know, they, they do a really good job as a staff figuring out what's going to work best and, and what makes the most sense with the players that they have and kind of in those uh, moments or games throughout a season. So quite honestly, not surprised at all. I can understand why maybe fans were relieved or excited to see it. And I'll be honest, I mean, we can go back to our first show, which is pretty cool you know, kind of hearing us talk about the young talent. And I said that I was high on both young quarterbacks, but, you know, Rocco's really shown uh, something in, in addition to his talent. I think it's his leadership, consistency, ability to just overcome like mistakes of the past and really deliver a pretty impressive game uh, like that. And I know that we were going to hit on it at some point, but just because it's kind of natural here in terms of the passing game, Daniel Jackson. Now, I don't think that it's really a, a surprise to people that had read a lot of my material while I was there, but he's had a really good year, Jake. And I don't mean on the field. I mean, basically, you know, spring ball and certainly fall camp. There was a lot of excitement. And for him to not only show it in a game, but obviously really important moments that helped kind of get the Cyclones back uh, kind of on the winning side of things, I think was really impressive. And I think some of the combinations that you saw in the passing game, like Jackson, I know Bramer's been involved. Obviously, Jalen Noel has really impressed. Game. I think a lot of that, what's so exciting, Jake, is I think that it's something that can continue as long as there is some consistency within the offense. Yeah, so I'll push back a little bit. I, I'm not going to say it was a surprise, but it also wasn't not a surprise if that makes sense. Speaking of that, Ginger Ale Gang, rise up. 
<laughs> you like that, Aiden? Um, <laughs> I love. I, I, I love had you. to because remember, remember when we were doing this, you know, in the great studio together. I would always have two drinks. It was usually water and a Snapple. Have not gotten my Snapple, but I had to have another one going. But back to you. <laughs> I, I love. I love me some ginger ale. Anyways. My, my girlfriend showed it to me, but go on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I will say it was kind of a surprise because it was a 15-game sample size of the definition of, of insanity. Iowa State couldn't run the ball last year. They couldn't run the game, or they couldn't run the ball through three games this year. And it was pretty apparent, and it was pretty obvious, yet it took them so long in that Ohio game to go away from it. So I – like, if you would have asked me before the game what I thought the chances of them spreading it out and actually doing the right thing, I would have said 60-40. So it was definitely a – it was pleasant to watch them not revert to the same things that they'd been doing all year that hadn't been working. And believe it or not, it worked. <laughs> it's not like they – it's not like they completely fixed the season or completely changed the trajectory of trajectory of the season. You beat the worst team in the conference, probably at home by seven, but it's a whole heck of a lot better than losing to the worst team in the conference at home by seven. And it, it sets up what I think could be a good opportunity in Norman for a competitive game. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Jake. I, I think it's fair, you know, maybe I, I think the word that I'd use for fans would be like relieved in, in some senses because, again, Iowa State was favored. It's not that that Oklahoma State team is not very good this year. I think it's very fair to say, uh, you know, things could be crumbling there, as I know you've mentioned on this show before. And, you know, I, I know we'll touch on it probably within some of the, the OU discussion, but I guess I will say it was interesting to see the offense kind of help win a, a game, not for the defense because they've been such a backbone, but I don't think that was the best game for Iowa State's defense at all. that we've really seen. So I think that it just showed kind of the regressing to the mean a little bit more so in a positive light for the offense. I think they showed some of what they're capable of. And now I know we're going to transition here to talking about the Sooners matchup, but long-term I'm curious to see really how much does Iowa state continue to pass the ball like they did in that game and how do other defenses potentially, you know, have some realizations or try to adjust because I think there's a lot that can continue working and you hope if you're an Iowa state fan that that can continue along with some development in the run game as well. I'll just say it. I, I would be upset as a fan and a football watcher that enjoys watching exciting, good football. I would be disappointed if there was a game this year where Iowa state ran it more than like 25% of the snaps. Unless there's some extreme change where Remsburg comes back and he's just this monster that leads the offensive line and they become, they go from F and run blocking to C. And I, I don't even think F is fair. F minus. Like it's been that, it's been that bad. 
And that, I mean, it's not on Ryan Clint either. It's his first year. He's been here three games. They're obviously missing probably their best lineman in Remsburg. So uh, I think you saw on Saturday what it can be. And Rocco's not – he's throwing a couple ball, like really good balls into tight windows, but it's not like he's throwing every single ball – with the chance of it being intercepted. There's still a lot of, you know, the the throws in the flats, the the crossers over the middle, those low-risk, maybe low-ish reward plays that are substituting the run game. Because if we're being honest, the the line is not capable of running the ball. You can't if you can't run against Oklahoma State, if you can't run against Ohio, Honestly, even a little bit against Northern Iowa, you can't run against Texas. You can't, you're not going to be able to run against OU. So you've got to find other ways to substitute that. And they did that on Saturday. And to give credit to the offensive line, their pass protection has been incredible. Rocco has taken one sack last year. A lot of that is credit to the offensive line. A lot of it's credit to the poise of Rocco and the fact that he just, he gets the ball out. He, there's not a lot of time where he's sitting back there four seconds waiting for something to develop. He's just, He's getting it out, and I think that's might not be a formula to get to 30 points a game, but I don't really think Iowa State needs that. You need a formula to get to 20 points a game and hope that your defense, which we can transition into talking about right now, um, defense can hopefully get up to the level that I believe it's expected to be at. If I had to guess, we look back at that Oklahoma State game, it's a bit of an anomaly, just – a couple big plays, but they, they were giving up a lot of yards. Um, it's just like CW said, you trust the professor. Haycock's track record is so good. And those games against Oklahoma state are always so weird anyways. Um, I think he'll figure some stuff out, but I think there's some genuine concern about the lack of pressure that they're getting up front. Yeah, and, you know, that was kind of the the area, Jake, really the entire offseason and, you know, even when we started this show and just looking ahead a little bit, uh, where, where I saw the potential of kind of a drop-off. And, and I think that's fair when you lose a first-round pick, obviously, to the NFL draft, MJ Anderson, a potential pro. So I totally agree. And, you know, I think that against some of these quarterbacks you'll see down the line, potentially including Dylan Gabriel, but certainly – I don't know, a, a player like Quinn Ewers, obviously, to wrap up the season, or Jalen Daniels, who's been really, really impressive. You need kind of the defensive line and the pressure that you can really trust and count on. But I think I would agree it was more of an anomaly. And, and it's not fair to expect kind of the defense to be perfect every game. Uh, like they they aren't perfect every game but they're pretty close to it obviously well, yeah. holding opponents yeah to just you know one touchdown in some games so it's not it's, fair yeah it's, like, it's, like it's not fair to ask them to do that yeah especially I mean you're not all pros yet either so just in, in the college game obviously I think that even makes things a little bit more difficult you know when one offense is on the field much longer than the other so I think that there was maybe a half step back or so, but I agree. I don't think that it's a major thing to worry about, but now things are really going to take a step up both against an offense and a defense, Jake, 
on the road against the Sooners. Yeah, OU's off to a good 4-0 start. They're ranked 14th in the country, top 10 nationally in scoring offense and scoring defense. Seems like Brent Venables has maybe turned the corner on the defense. We'll see. They that they had a good win on the road at Cincinnati. We still don't know what Cincinnati is. Um, I don't think Emory Jones is a power five quarterback, but nonetheless, it has been way far from the norm for what OU's had the last 10 years on the defensive side of the ball. And it will be a really, really good challenge for Iowa state to go down to Norman. We're in the channel seed studios. It's a trap game for OU. It you're catching them at the best possible time all year with the Red River rivalry waiting the next week. Iowa State's they're down. It that's just how it is. There hasn't really been this back and forth with Venables and Iowa State. Obviously, those games with Lincoln Riley and Iowa state were pretty much all of them were competitive. Actually, now that I think about it from 17 to, to 20 or yeah, to 21, they were all close games. So it's a place where Iowa state has won before under Matt Campbell. And more importantly, he's kept all of them within a one score game. So I, I'm ex- I'm excited to see what you think about that. Yeah, but no, Jake. You know, as usual, kind of. I'm uh, I'm I'm very similar thinking to you here. You know, I think we're going to touch a little bit further uh, later on in the show, just in terms of our picks. However, I believe the line is twenty twenty and a half. Yeah, twenty flat. When I uh, when I updated my notes last night on and that's on Sports Iowa. Yeah, and that's in favor of you know the 14th ranked team in the country, Oklahoma. Now. I've been high on Oklahoma, and I think down the line for the show, it would be fun for our great producer, Aiden, if we kind of took a look back at some of those initial Big 12 teams we kind of thought highly of. That wasn't a crazy stretch by any means. But, you know, I just I followed kind of their offseason pretty closely. I think Gabriel's pretty legit. Uh, I do like their defensive staff to an extent. So, I just thought that there was kind of a lot of potential and room to grow, you know, if things went well. And now they're sitting at 4-0. and You mentioned the top 10 scoring defense. And that is why I think this game is going to be so challenging. I actually don't think it's necessarily because Iowa State's defense matching up against Oklahoma's offense, as good as they are, I don't think their run game has been incredibly impressive or consistent. I think they're still trying to find out who their top running back can be. But that defense, led by Danny Stutzman and some of the experience really kind of in the back line of that defense, I think it's going to make things tough. You have to figure that they'll be a little more apt and ready uh, than maybe the Oklahoma State defense was. And that is why I think it's going to be a challenge, like I mentioned. However, I don't see it getting all the way up to like a 17, 20 points type game. I do see Iowa State having the capability to make it closer than that for sure. Yeah, and you've also got to factor in that um, I believe it's Gaylord National National Stadium. I think that's what it – something like that. It um, It's in the sense that Fog Fieldhouse where it's – or Fog Allen Fieldhouse where – 
there's just you gotta factor in the five points of weirdness <laughs> whether it's brock purdy gets hit by a guy shot out of a missile launching his head straight into his head and not getting ejected for targeting like literally the the rule <laughs> that it was invented for and it not yeah. being called or a missed pi in over t- or i think uh last play regulation on a two-point conversion or just something i even remember that one yep something weird happening ball hitting off a defensive lineman's helmet into d-back for a pick six so i i do think there's that just devil magic factor that you can't really quantify that i that i always factor into playing oklahoma but i completely agree with you i think 20 points is a is a lot and if Iowa State fans are expecting to go in there and win, you're wasting your time. Um, sorry, that's 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 a little harsh, but um, don't get your hopes up. It's there's this team's second road test. We all saw how the first one went. It was at Ohio that there's food poisoning, but you still lost to a Mac school. This is probably the toughest place you can go in the big 12, if not the toughest top three, but I do, I do think that it's a good spot for maybe a sleepy Oklahoma team that I know their offensive numbers look great. I watched that whole Cincinnati game. Their offense doesn't look like world beaters at all. They look like, they look like a good offense. So I think it'll be a game that, that stays in that, 7 to 14, 17 range for a lot of it, but it'll never – I don't know if it'll ever feel like Iowa State has a chance, if now, that makes sense also. Kind of a question for you, Jake, which actually just came a little bit naturally, not not necessarily part of our rundown planning, but I remember last show, I, said, I had told you and the Iowa State fans, I wouldn't adjust your expectations yet. In terms of a negative light, obviously, if they were to lose that Oklahoma State game, which they did not, you know, then do what you need to do. Now I'll ask you, because you think this game is going to be close. Iowa State did beat the Cowboys at home, so it's 2-2 two to two now, 2-2 two and two for the record. Where are kind of your expectations as a media member there, somebody that grew up a fan, for the rest of the season? And what would you deem a success in Norman other than obviously a victory on the road? Well, as the old saying goes, good teams win, great teams cover. I think, I think if Iowa State covers the spread, and it, it obviously depends on how they do it. If you're down 31 nothing and score a couple garbage time touchdowns and you lose by 17, that's a disappointment. But if this is the type of game where you're just – the offense is struggling to move the ball, but you're trying to go downfield and, and you're just going up against good defense and you lose like 23-10, to 10, I think that's kind of just par for the course neutral. And then obviously anything – I think above that I think is a net positive. If you get into – not a shootout, but – you get into like a 31-21 game, I, I think Iowa State fans will leave feeling pretty good. Encouraged. As far as, yeah. As far as just overall expectations, 
uh, I think they have to rise a little bit after last week, just because you saw that the staff was willing to change and willing to adapt to the personnel. Does that say, okay, well, you're going to win every home game because Iowa State's back and, and that's what they did under Brock Purdy. Um, and you might be able to steal a road game or two at these expansion teams. No, I, I think the expectation is still, you're probably looking at that five win season and that could easily go plus or minus one both ways. So that has gotten a little more optimistic for you because you weren't saying by any means that they were going to lose the rest of the way. But, but last week heading into the Oklahoma state game, I remember there was a little bit of worry, like, okay, you were curious. This could maybe be like a three, four type win team, which, which you kind of said after, after the tough game in Ohio, but now sounding a little more encouraged, I'm still around kind of that, the bowl projection line. Like, I think this week will, will tell me a lot. Uh, you know, obviously a win would be enormous. I mean, I think pretty highly of that OU team. I totally agree with what you said about their offense. I don't think that they're maybe as like sexy or flashy as they've been at times. I think some of that scoring offense is a little bit inflated due to some early scores, but if Iowa state can move the ball against Oklahoma's defense, that has been pretty stout. I think that gives me a lot of reason for encouragement. And if you're sitting at maybe five wins in November, and as, as you have projected, Texas comes to town. I'm dying on this hill. Let me tell you, I don't, <laughs> care, if I, I don't care if I'm on that hill alone, and I don't care if that hill gets nuked. I'm dying on that hill. What whether I, I, I respect, whether I believe it or not. How consistent you've been. I mean, I never thought it was crazy. I still don't. I will say I'm not sure I expected Texas to be ranked, what, third in the country? I mean, yeah. they've looked really, really complete, and they seem to have put it all together to this point, Jake. But, you know, that's a ways from now. I just wanted to get your take, obviously being a I little mean, closer to things uh, I mean, than me right now. They blew out Waco. or blew. Yeah, let's call them Waco. They blew out Waco. And there, there could be some trouble down there at Baylor. but. Yeah. Let's let's move ahead to the Texas game. No, I'm kidding. If if Iowa State <laughs> runs more than two times against Texas, I'm I'm turning the game off. That's no that's way you will. That. I know um, you better than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I th- I think we covered OU. Um, we'll we'll do our game picks. We've both got it in our um, in our betting the Big Twelve presented by Circus Sports, and uh, we've made it kind of obvious. But let's let's do some quick. Big 12 hits first. Um, So I guess let's talk about Baylor. They go from 2021. They win the Big 12. They beat Oklahoma State just that classic game. It was a great game. And then they roll Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. You fast forward a year and a half. Fans are petitioning for Aranda to be fired. They look terrible I, I mean they look terrible at this point that's a that's a must win for Iowa State with how bad Baylor's look so far and I never I never thought that they would get to this point I thought last year was was a similar year of um 
kind of Iowa State in 2021 following that Fiesta Bowl win where they just lost so many close games and and the bounces didn't go your way. And I thought they would bounce back this year. I never in a million years thought that this would be happening in Waco. Yeah, I certainly didn't either. Like I know that, you know, some people out out there in the media thought that, you know, Baylor could contend. I think I picked him to go to the Big 12 championship. I was going to say like a conference title. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Not for that reason. But, no, I I do think, you know, that you weren't alone in that, Jake. I I don't think I ever kind of agreed. But I'm not sure too many people, my friend, could have projected this at all. So I agree with your Iowa State point. And it really just makes me kind of wonder where things fell apart. Because I think pretty highly – of Coach Aranda, and I do think that they have some talent there. So I'm not really sure kind of how this has gotten so bad so quickly. And I know, you know, we're going to touch on another coach within the conference that was deemed on the hot seat. But do you feel that Aranda is, and do you feel that he should be? I think one of those answers is, I was going to say, pretty obvious right now, but yes to both. Uh, I think – he has to be when, when you're getting not beat, blown out by Texas State at home. The game against Texas was never a game. You struggle with was it Long Island, Longwood, one of those schools. They they haven't looked like a Power Five football team at all this year. And, and in the bits and pieces that I watched against Texas, um, their their line. They looked like an FCS team on both sides of the ball. Their offense and defensive lines, like, and I know you're comparing that to Texas, who might have the best offensive and defensive fronts in the country. It's up there, yeah. But they they look tiny, and I don't know if that's recruiting. I don't know if that's injury. I can't I can't speak in depth on Baylor, but they do not look like a Power Five team. And I know Shapen's been been injured. But he he hasn't been able to fix the problems, even though he could be the best quarterback in the conference. Yeah, I, I think you know he has the potential to be really good. I'd agree that things have kind of just fallen really quickly, and yeah, I guess we'll have to see you know if that job becomes open and you know how quickly potentially. I still think that it's early enough in the season where they, they could turn some things around there. But you know, that's, that's been really rough. And, you know, maybe a potential uh, positive surprise for this program in the conference, Jake, West Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> the fighting Neil Browns lived to fight another day. They beat Texas Tech, and I don't know why I'm so excited about it. That <laughs> was like the last leg of my parlay. That was a no-brainer um, that screwed me over. But this can be a double whammy. Tech looks terrible. Yeah. In West Virginia, I'm not going to say they look like world beaters because they certainly aren't. But they look like they're a team that could get to six wins. Oh, absolutely. And I would say that six wins saves Neil Brown, I think. Yeah. But I I think it does, especially because they've still – they haven't been special in this case by any means, but I do see them still kind of 
in there or having some success recruiting wise as well here and there. So I, I'm with you. You know, I think that it it might be able to. And I'll say this, Jake, I am less surprised about West Virginia than I am about Texas Tech's struggles. That was a team I think many people, myself included, thought would be much better than they are. Whereas West Virginia, was I high on them? No, not by any means. But I also felt like many people just kind of pushed them to the side too quickly. Yeah, I I drank the Kool-Aid too much. And another team that I drank the Kool-Aid on, and, and this one – this, this was a game going into the fourth quarter, but Central Florida at K-State, I think they got their kind of first welcome to the Big 12 punch in the mouth. Or it's like, hey, you're, you're not playing at Temple anymore. You're playing at K-State. And I know K-State's beat up. They had a lot of their guys end up going. Really impressive win for the Wildcats because they were, I want to say they were up seven and late in the third quarter and ended up going on to win by 20. So I, I think UCF is still going to write the ship and they're still a sneaky could get to the big 12 championship team for me, but there was definitely a wake up call for them that um, th- this is going to be a little bit different than the American. Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned sneaky. I don't think they get there this year. Uh, I, I don't think either was really projected that I don't believe this year, but like years to come. I had them close. I had them yeah. close. I had them going nine come. and three. They will be a legit force in this conference. I think that's super fair to say. I mean, they recruit very well. They're doing very well in the class of 2024 right now. So I think that's definitely, you know, kind of a a good way to look at things. But West Virginia, you know, kind of a a team to monitor as we get a little bit closer, we'll say early to mid-November and and inching towards bowl season. Well, that's a team that might be in my – (laughs) <laughs> Big 12 picks for the week. And, of course, we're always brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. You should download the app because it's betting the way it should be. The highest limits, the lowest holds, and the best odds. It's unbelievable. And and with the Ryder Cup coming up this week, Circa is obviously it's the best place to bet. It is far and away the best place to bet golf. So, if you're feeling your American. I've heard that. Go and bet on Team USA. We've got an Iowan, um, a Hawkeye, unfortunately, Hawkeye slash Drake Bulldog, that will be representing Team USA. Zach Johnson as as an alternate, but let's say in a golf podcast. <laughs> I wish it was, but <laughs> I do not. <laughs> for, for for betting the Big Twelve, I went zero and three last week, and it was stupid. I. <laughs> I had OU minus 14 and a half. They won by 14. Just they dominated the game. They should have won by more, blah, blah, blah. BYU, they lost by, I want to say 11 or something to Kansas. Sounds right. 11 or 12, yeah. Um, I had them plus eight or nine, and it was a close game the whole time. KU kind of pulled away at the end. And then the other one was the. I'll be honest, the third one was just a total guess. It was the K-State UCF under, and Mm. that over hit like it wasn't even close. So I'm coming off of an 0-3 week. So hopefully you faded me last week, but this week you better ride with me. I'm 6-11-1 on the year. This one is a Friday night game, and I can't believe it. BYU 
is home underdogs to Cincinnati. They're two point underdogs. Last I checked on Circus Sports. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's correct. I'm I'm uh, I'm skipping the points. I'm going straight for the Cougars money line. I I don't know what is happening. I saw there was a five point swing on this game. I don't know if yeah. like I was surprised by the way on this line. I don't know if BYU's whole like defensive line all went and got food poisoning and they're all hospitalized or something. Something that Vegas knows that we don't. But for me, Cincinnati has shown nothing. They've they've shown absolutely nothing to be favorites in Provo. I I might call this a lock, and I don't think I've done that this season. No, you haven't. BYU money line is a lock. Next one, we just talked about them. The Mountaineers, they're getting 12 points at TCU. I don't think they're going to go in there. TCU hasn't been world beaters, though. I think that's just – that's too many points. And West Virginia has – I mean, they even kept things close at Penn State. It was never a game, but they were never in, like, total blowout territory either. I think I think this will be a one-score game that TCU ultimately wins, but give me West Virginia plus 12, and then we'll finish it with Iowa State plus 20. Matt Campbell's track record in Norman says enough. He's still only won once there, but it's not like that many teams win in Norman. 2017, you win. 2019 comes down to a two-point conversion. 2021, I was there. Um, Brock Purdy had Chase Allen wide open for a touchdown and and didn't see him. So that's Matt Campbell's record in, in Norman. I think Iowa State keeps this within 20 points, and I'm going to feel really good about that bet. Yeah, Jake, you know, I, I'm just looking at your picks here briefly. I don't disagree with too many. You'll hear as – oh, I'll start with it right now. As usual, I, I will tail one of Jake's. Good week for Osin last week. Uh, two and one. Yeah, so you – Four and five on the year and a, a close loss uh, in the Oklahoma one that Jake and I both had. So, you know, should be five and four. I would say good one to follow here. First one, I, I am going to roll with Iowa State. I have been several weeks, and I, I think I'm two and one with uh, with the Cyclones. Very high on Oklahoma. The defense has been better, but Iowa State found something. I think they can keep it close. I don't think offense Oklahoma's offense is that special, at least so far. I could be wrong, but I don't think they're as maybe dynamic as they've shown both through the run and the pass. I like KU plus now. I I have seen it back and forth, but I will go with the most recent, plus 16.5 at I was, Texas. I was flirting around with that one a little bit. I might, I, I might get to Saturday and play that. We'll see. I think it could end up being one of the best games throughout this conference uh, during the season. I'm not saying there's an upset. I'm not saying it goes down to the wire, but I think it's going to be fun, exciting, two really good offenses. I think it'd be, it would be really intriguing. I think it'd be really intriguing if this game were played in Lawrence. I'd like to see that line and kind of how that game were to shake out. But Texas is better. They should win. But I do think that Kansas offense keeps it close. And then I went Texas Tech minus eight. Uh, Mostly just wanted to – I believe they're playing Houston. Um, But I just wanted to see one that was just a little bit different from yours. I mean, you you grabbed a couple uh, that I really liked. I'm going to stick with the Cyclones, though. And we will hopefully get back above 500. You see that uh, 
blank space next to my Brock Purdy blackout jersey. I'm I need to put up my sign of my new rule. Don't bet Texas Tech. <laughs> I think I'm 0-3 on the Raiders this year. So okay. I, I'm done with them. Never so again. I thought, you know, because you're so clever, <laughs> that, that that what you were alluding to, that blank space call, was to bring on producer Aiden for the next segment. <laughs> oh, you're on to me. That's exactly what I was doing. Uh, I don't know if you – I guess I wasn't able to post it on Twitter, but on Sunday night, on the Sunday night 10 p.m. news – I made my whole highlights of Chiefs Bears, T Swift references. I think I fit eight Elite. there. I was very Elite. proud of myself, and I'm I'm no Swifty by any means, um, <laughs> but I know Aiden Wyatt's a Swifty. Paid big time. He paid like thirty five hundred dollars to go see her in concert. It was something crazy like that. I mean, it was um, not it was, that much. Yeah, it was crazy. It was not that level. I remember. That. I was just trying to get a reaction. <laughs> but Aiden, I need I need your opinion on. On uh, on trailer, I'm all I for it. I think all that's for what it. Children are calling. That's so, a, that's Big Twelve legend Travis Kelsey. People forget. <laughs> yes, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So so you obviously love Taylor. You you protect her with with all your heart. Are you willing to hand her over to Travis Kelsey? Yeah, absolutely. Travis is a great guy. Uh, I, we talked about this. Uh, my good friend Steph Copley and Elisa Woods on Tide Line on Cyclone Fanatic. The stars are aligning for Taylor. Okay. Like she's living in a rom-com. No. I mean, Travis Kelsey was born in 1989. Obviously same year as Taylor new album coming out in 1989. Maybe it's PR stunt. I don't know. But also Travis Kelsey has the same birthday. as Taylor Swift's grandma who has played a big role in her life died a long time ago. But point being stars have aligned. No concerns of the punch that he threw in training camp. Um, oh, that's just guys being dudes. <laughs> that's so true. Aiden, um, a serious question on this. I will admit, I'm not huge into her music. We've discussed this. We discussed that lunch, I remember. But I will say, and I was unfortunately tuned into this game. I'm a huge Travis Kelsey fan. He is my favorite player, him or, or OBJ that's not on the Bears. So, like, Huge fan, have been for a long time. I was in for the Bears. Obviously, that aspect of things were embarrassing. But I do think it is crazy and almost scary to see the effect that her presence has on social media throughout the NFL official handle. I saw even the next day it was like NFL Taylor's version. I don't know if you guys saw that. I I almost did a double take that it was uh, the real account. And then some of the numbers, I mean, I think we can all agree Travis Kelsey was already a major star for the NFL standards for sure. And to see kind of his social media and merchandise jump. That's crazy. It, it's I almost mean, scary. The, the craziest thing to me is he gained 600,000 followers on Instagram. And that's all Swifty. That's right? crazy. Because like yeah. what, 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 yeah. what, what football fan is already not following that right. that was want to correct yeah 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 yeah. So my question, uh, I've got two of them. All right, let's hear it. So, so I guess I didn't realize it until this summer. Like I've always known that she was a big star, and I know that she's always had like a crazy fan base, but I never realized that she was like three levels above any other musician 
that's still making music today. Like I didn't realize that she was, nobody will ever be at the level of Michael Jackson or the Beatles, but I didn't realize that she was like our generation's Michael Jackson or the Beatles. Like mm-hmm. when did that happen or how did it happen? Cause I'm, I'm fascinated by it, honestly. When it happened is tough to say how it happened though, is essentially this whole revolution that she's had against the music industry in terms of uh, her, uh, um, her, agent i guess scooter braun when he stole all of her music and now she's kind of stealing it back and sticking it to the man i feel like everyone kind of likes taylor so i mean even you guys are like well i'm not a huge taylor swift fan but she's all right like there's enough people out there <laughs> that care enough to pay for this kind of stuff and so i think everyone can kind of relate to her in a sense if that makes sense yeah that also, that makes sense yeah. i just i guess i never like because you're absolutely like, right like five years ago she wasn't even like this like if no. beyonce was at that game they're not cutting away 25 times no. to beyonce and like i guess in my mind i would have always just assumed like oh taylor swift beyonce kind of same level same popularity but i i did have another because yeah. i've been i've been asking so many people about this because i'm actually like fascinated and somebody said that so you've got like the early thirties generation right now that were teenagers when she started making her country music. And that's the music that I mm-hmm. like. Like I, I still listen to like old T Swift every now and then. So you've got oh, that yeah. generation, but then their daughters now are growing up with like new Taylor. So it's become just kind of a generational that maybe there's not a lot of other artists that have had Blink 182 for me. It's <laughs> a joke. Their new music sucks. Um, <laughs> But my my other question, Aiden, I could see this going either way. But are Swifties going to ruin the NFL, or are they going to take it to a whole nother level? You know, yes, this the other day in a text, whether it's a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing. And I don't know that it's a good thing. I'm going to be honest. I don't know that it's a good thing. Like, Cause like so, there's a lot so of crazy if- people out there, I'll be honest. Well, yeah, they're psychotic. But what if these psychotic, like the one percenters, obviously most Swifties are normal functioning people that um, have a day-to-day <laughs> yes. life. But there's Present. the 1%, yeah. there's the 1% that are tweeting, Taylor's eating chicken strips with ketchup that and seemingly so ranch. That tweet was so <laughs> like, funny. So like, what if those people become extreme knowers of ball and know that like, <laughs> they're like, Dude, this Browns defense might be the best since the early 2000s Ravens. Like, what if they just get super into the NFL and we've got this, like, extremely rampant, just knowledgeable group of new football fans? And then they're like, you know what? Screw Roger Goodell. He's he's taking the league back. And they, oh, they find <laughs> a way to overthrow Swift, him. Swift, commissioner for the NFL, start yeah, the campaign. Well, I do think that first option would actually be pretty funny. What I've also found funny about this, and and I think, Jake, if we were really getting down to it, I, I think we'd disagree on some of who we might think is is more famous and stuff, which is okay, you know, obviously, but it, it is unbelievable. But here's what I think is hilarious. And I think it was Jason Kelsey, at least the first time that I saw it. But it was like, Jeez, finally somebody's putting Travis Kelsey on the map. I did think that was pretty funny because obviously, especially for NFL standards, I don't think that there are 
you know, as many necessarily like names, faces, people just out there, maybe compared to some of the other sports, you know, you might see it. It just kind of goes with NFL as a league, team focused, you play with helmets, all that type of thing. But Kelsey's been a huge name, bare minimum for five or six years, minimum, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously everything got elevated, like with the show he had and Pat Mahomes, everything like that. But I just thought that was funny. And and Jake and Aiden, I agree. I was sitting there, you know, my brother was texting, friend of the show, uh, was texting me about it and just kind of getting even overly upset because as we know, he's a diehard Bears fan. And I, I think people are already sick of it too. Which means I'll be honest. I was sick of it during the game. Like, I'm pretty deep into Swifty Twitter, and it's already kind of getting a little bit old, just because I don't know. Just a lot at once. That's a phrase that I never thought I'd hear on this podcast. I don't. Yeah, yeah, me too, my friend. But (laughs) I don't think it will be continued, and that's because there's no way that she's going to be at every Chiefs game. There's no way every Chiefs game is going to be the primetime afternoon game, like America's game of the week. And you just won't see the the back and forth. But because I like Travis Kelsey and he seems, you know, happy, cool with it, we'll let it ride out for a little bit longer. So I, I kind of agree with that. The game was on Fox, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was America's game of the week. So the Chiefs are going to have a primetime game on CBS. They're going to have another primetime game on NBC, ESPN, Prime. If she's there for any of those like first games, all of those other networks are going to want their piece of the pie. So I think, I think if the Chiefs, when they play Monday Night Football, I believe it's against the Bills, when they play Monday Night Football, if she's there, ESPN will treat it the exact same way that Fox did. But I do agree, like, when they play the Broncos at noon and when they're 17th in a row over Denver, if she's there or not, I probably, I don't think it'll be as big of a deal as it was. That'll prove how big of a diehard she is. If there, if she's there, With she's her sicko, there's no way she's <laughs> going to be getting to all these games. What, what if she turns into a sicko? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, what if, what if she's live tweeting BYU Cincinnati Friday night, then I might, <laughs> Then I might become a Swifty. I'm in. Fellow, fellow sicko. All right. We, we've probably talked enough Taylor Swift. Did we talk more Taylor Swift than Baylor? I think we did. Than Baylor? Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're not a, a Baylor kind of focused show. But, no, I think those are really some, some good picks that we've got, Jake. I think those have the potential to be one of our better weekends. Uh, and the Wisconsin Badgers are on a bye this week. So I will continue to have an eye on some of these games as we progress through what's been pretty fun college football season uh, so far. And I think this is, I think we're wrapping up episode seven here today. Yeah, something like that. I'm disappointed I won't be able to watch the game live on Saturday. 6 p.m. game. I'll be at mm. Kinnick um, for Iowa-Michigan State, which that game's not going to be very enjoyable no, but probably not but a, a night game i mean that should be pretty yeah over. any any night game in college football is awesome but they are i think good. iowa will will take care of business michigan state's not very good but uh mr Osteen, you got any other parting thoughts There's you know it'll be interesting uh to kind of follow 
yeah, I, I guess I will say this to follow and see what Iowa State can do. Obviously, you know, Iowa, if you're there, and then just overall, because it is kind of Big 12 oriented, maybe we throw in a little bit of hoops next week as practices have gotten underway as well. Yeah, no, schedule's out. Houston is a, a game with no students, which is disappointing. That's my really only initial thoughts, but I'm, I'm excited for basketball season. I would have been a heck of a lot more excited for basketball season if Iowa State ran the ball 60% of their snaps on Saturday. We'll just say that much. But uh, you get to enjoy football for a while, man. Yeah, no, no. Football is not over. Football is actually far from over. It's not even close. But from the Channel Seed Studios, thank you, everyone, for whether watching on YouTube, listening, wherever you get your podcasts, consuming some of it on social media. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm Jake Brennan, and for Nick Gosen, this is Firmly Entrenched. Iowa everywhere.